one big thing that I know a lot of teachers struggle with is what type of robot they should use in the elementary space. My top recommendation is always Dash by Wonder Workshop, and you're definitely in for a treat for today's episode. I had the chance to interview Brian Miller, who is now in his seventh year working at Wonder Workshop, leading strategic outreach and educator success. Brian prides himself in remaining connected to the voice and choice of students and educators. He's an international keynote presenter and speaker and loves working with others in the field of ed tech and most importantly, supporting computer science. We had such a fun time talking together and I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode and all of the goodies inside. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for being here today. I was so excited when you replied yes to my email like right away, which I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be awesome. And I know that um, our audience is going to be so excited hearing from you in all things Wonder Workshop. And um, I was telling you before we start recording, when I was an ambassador for um, Wonder Workshop a while back, a long time ago, I remember you had video presentations and you were super energetic and explained things really well. And I thought you would be a great guest on the podcast. (laughs) So I'm really excited to chat with you today. And um, he has a little Dash robot in the corner, which is so cute to look at. So... (laughs) Much cuter to look at than me, that's for no, sure. No, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you wouldn't mind telling us about yourself, your teaching background, and your role at Wonder Workshop, we would love to hear about you. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much for this opportunity to join you and have this conversation. I, I truly love talking with educators and just sharing my experiences in education and at Wonder Workshop. And um, it's always fun to jump on and talk about this stuff. And I am a former teacher. That's where I started. Um, Naomi, can you guess? I, I'm, you may read, you read my bio, but can you guess what I taught when I started? Like your first thing. Um, my first teaching, yeah. Ooh, like subject or grade? Grade. Mm, if I were to guess if I didn't know your bio, I thought maybe fifth grade. That I get that a lot. And I think it's yeah. because I'm a guy, right? I'm a yeah. male teacher. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. But I started as a kindergarten teacher. So um was a kindergarten teacher. I actually taught next to my kindergarten teacher at the school that I went to for kindergarten. It, it was it was so cool. It was really, really cool. Um, <laughs> learned a lot. And it was just, you know, awesome starting there. I, I've always loved kids and working with kids. And I did it, you know, at camps and stuff my entire career. But started in kindergarten. Uh, and then I became a K through five computer teacher. Oh, nice. And this was before there was even, you know, ed tech curriculum. This, so I've been doing this for about 20 years now. Uh, mm-hmm. even though I look like I'm like 25, I, it's really <laughs> been 20 years that I've been doing this. And at the time, it was, you know, the type of class where you just sit and you type Word documents and you do a typing program. And that was a hundred percent of what that program was. 
And when I stepped into that role, I was it was a, a public school outside of Philadelphia in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is where I grew up. I, I stepped into the role and I'm like, there's got to be more to this. This is not like what kids should be doing. I, I mean, yes, typing is an important skill. It's going to change. This was 20 years ago, I was saying that. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, no way. We got to be doing cursive. We got to be doing typing. We got to <laughs> check those off the list. And that's it. And so I came in and I fortunately had a really a really great principal who trusted what I was doing and, you know, let me really take the curriculum on my own, despite what the district wanted me to be doing. Oh, a good principal. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to have that level of administrative support early on in my career was just so, so, so life-changing, honestly. So did that. I I took it. I ran with it. I built a, a website before there was a learning management system with all of my stuff. It was MrMillerTech.com, uh, which no longer exists. However, there is a Facebook mem- uh, memorial group for it from my former students that they created Aww, because they got cute. to go home and use everything that we were doing in class because I was finding fun websites to use and um, ways to like incorporate what they were doing into the classroom and really listened to what was happening with the teachers in the classroom to know maybe I should start incorporating presentations and learning some of these important skills into the everyday classroom, which then I no longer had a curriculum and I would just be having the students come down and use that time to support the learning that they were doing in their classroom, but bringing technology into the mix. And did that for a number of years. And then I fortunately got a role as uh, a similar position as a computer teacher in a, a private school in Florida. Uh, so I took the move. I took the leap of faith and did that, uh, <laughs> moved down there. And within that first year, our director of ed tech, uh, Dr. Joan McGettigan, who is an absolutely incredible ed tech leader um, in ed tech. So find her on Twitter, follow her. She's amazing. I was so excited to come down and work and learn from her that um, I did the move. And when I got down there, I found out that she was going to leave that role and move to another school. So being the new guy in a new position, I came with a lot of new, fresh ideas. And that first year, I became the acting director of educational technology. That next year, I became the director of educational technology. Did that for about five years. Started working with uh, ed tech startup companies. Um, like Nearpod was one of the early mm-hmm. ones, literally sitting in their garage talking about like what they should be doing stuff started presenting, keynote speaking, traveled the world doing all of that stuff. Uh, and then, you know, found myself in my role at Wonder Workshop. So um, that's, I mean, that's my my background. I literally went from being in the classroom to finding a space that I love, um, a company that I love, that I've had the opportunity to grow with through the years. I've been with Wonder Workshop for eight years uh, or going on eight years. So um, have kind of experienced a whole lot of things. But, you know, teachers ask me all the time, like, how did you make that transition? And, you know, you become friends with companies that you love and enjoy and magic happens from there. And it just happened to happen that way for me. So, yeah, a long winded answer to your question, (laughs) but that kind of gave you the the rundown, the cliff notes of, of everything. No, it's great to hear your background because that's really important too. Like you're not just some random person who's working at Wonder Workshop. That uh, right. your experience really led you to where you are today. I feel like what your experience in ed tech was is kind of what 
is happening with STEM education where there's just like little inklings of things. And I feel like a lot of teachers can um, resonate with what you said because they might be feeling like, oh, they're from the classroom. They thought I was in the classroom before as well. And right. also had a very supportive admin in this role. So I think a lot of teachers can connect with you. Um, and also, uh, they probably use Wonder Workshop products in their classroom too. So um, no, I think it's so great. And that's that teaching experience you can't take away from you. I told that to so, another guest, like it's so powerful. And you're still working in education. So <laughs> you're still a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I still call myself a teacher. Um, you know, this, this role. So my role at Wonder Workshop is I, it's a fancy long name that it's Senior Director of Global Strategic Education Outreach. Whoa. It's long winded, but really what it means is I get to work with schools and districts and, you know, lead a team of former educators in our customer success roles, become, you know, the partnership manager for Wonder Workshop, work with organizations closely. So I still have um, very close ties to education, to the classroom. Um, and anytime that I'm invited into a teacher's classroom, I hop, skip and jump over there because I am so excited to get on the floor and play and, you know, see the, the excitement of, of computer science and STEM through the eyes of children and learn from them to find out what's working, what's not working. Um, so I am still very, very connected into that space and um, and learn a lot from teachers every single day. Well, I have to have you come into my classroom. We're going to start robotics soon, so I know I know who to call. I need some help. <laughs> and you're you're in Colorado still, right? I am. Yeah, I yeah. Am. So um, I am a huge fan of Colorado. So I will perfect. gladly pay a visit. Yes. All right. Perfect. That sounds good to me. <laughs> we'll chat after this. <laughs> so for people who haven't heard of Wonder Workshop, what solutions do you guys offer? Yeah, so Wonder Workshop has evolved through the years. As I mentioned, you know, I've been with it for about eight years. The Wonder Workshop's been around for about 10. And from the very beginning, it's all been built around this little guy, Dash Robot. And we create a robot, a physical robot that teaches children how to code starting as young as kindergarten uh, and curriculum and software that, that wrap all around it. And through the years, um, we have built a lot of products. We've built Dash, we've built Dot, which is its companion robot. We've built Q, which is a middle school robot. Uh, we've built accessories. And now we've learned through the years that the importance of content with what you've created is, is so needed for educators, especially quality content. So um, we are still continuing to develop Dash and its capabilities. Um, and it's funny because I was having a conversation earlier today with the state of Hawaii, um, and they were telling me that they've had robots for years, Dash robots, and that it's the one robot that has not phased out because we keep developing for it. So now we have not pivoted, we have complemented the work that we're doing with a software product called Class Connect uh, that brings in a tracking teacher management, learning management console where teachers are able to assign computer science um, lessons, activities, puzzles, challenges, all through that virtual console, Class Connect, and students can interact with it and get the feedback. And the, it goes right back to the feedback for the teachers to see how they're performing. And when they want a paraphysical robot, they can do that. Otherwise, 
every student through that gets a virtual dash robot that looks and acts the exact same way as a physical dash. So having that physical companion plus the ability to have every student coding at the same time and only pair when you need to has been a total game changer for us. And I really feel for the classroom because gone are the days now, if you're using this, students sitting and waiting around to go to that station or be able to interact with the thing that they want to. And now they can do all that stuff ahead of time and then watch it come to life when they're ready to actually see it come to life. So so that's what we create. And, um, and we're developing a lot more stuff. So it's really a, an exciting time for the company. Oh, I'm so excited. I love Dash. I, I will say, not just saying I'm talking to you, but Dash is my favorite robot because I've used it even when I taught third grade. And I it's true. It, it doesn't phase out. It's still relevant. It's multi-use, multi-grade. If there's any robot that people are like, oh, what should I buy? I'm like, I suggest Dash because you can use it for everything. Um, which he's great. So definitely recommend from a teacher perspective, not sponsored to say this, but I love <laughs> and he's great. Like I think your guys' stuff is awesome. And I love the option of class connect because I know a lot of teachers, when they were remote, they really depended on that, especially a lot of STEM teachers who needed to teach online and you don't have things, you don't have enough dash to send home. We wish we had unlimited money to send them on home, but I know that was a great option. But even since COVID, it's still relevant and kids can be excited where they can practice at home if they want to, that they're excited to learn that coding, they're seeing the thing come to life and they they know who Dash is, that it's on my computer, but it's also in my classroom. So I really like how you guys added that option on for classrooms. It It was a move that we were actually planning to make before COVID. Uh, We actually had already been developing it for almost a year. And then March came around and the world shut down, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we weren't planning to release Class Connect until ISTE that year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And we had not even gone through beta testing with it at that time. And we said we joined in with all the other companies that were out there, you know, graciously donating services to teachers that needed it at that time, we said, you know what, what better of a way to beta test it than with the the entire world. (laughs) So we're going to open it up. It's going to be live for anyone to use for free during that time. And we'll learn as we go and listen to what the users have to say so we can then go back and develop it even further. So we released it that April before we even planned to publicly release the announcement. Wow. Which we announced at our Steam Summit. So it was really neat to be able to give something back to the community that had never seen it before and get their first reactions right in the field, which really is crazy to think about happening. It's continued to grow and get better and better and listened to the feedback of the teachers and the students and we continue to develop new features. We have a lot of new features that we'll be announcing soon today. So it's it's really cool. Well, I appreciate companies that are really focused on the students and teachers and take the feedback. Like that really just shows that you are doing this for the right reasons, that you guys are here to support us and you care what we have to say in our feedback. And I'm sure you got a lot of interesting things, but that's true. Like, why not? Let's see. Let's see what happens. What What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> you're, you're right. I mean, I think like a company like Wonder Workshop that, you know, 
not only do do I feel that we talk that we support our teachers, but we actually do it like and show it and and give evidence of it is really important. And you know, you, this this podcast is for teachers that are moving into the STEM world and not sure how to how to start. And you know, um, I started using these products, you know, Ozobots and Sphero and uh, Lego Mindstorms and NXTs and Dash when it first released. And, you know, really looked at not only the product because they were just coming out at that time, but also like how they felt about teachers in their community, because all of those products, except for Lego, were not originally focused to sell to the to the school market. Ozobots were only sold at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Like we I was one of the first schools to even implement them in a school. Oh wow. Sphero was only sold at Brookstone stores. Like yeah. that was the only place to buy them. There was no coding capabilities with them. And then they evolved into like these teacher exciting awesome tools. Like I have love for all of the products that are out there because they're doing great things for the space. But for Wonder Workshop, the mission from the very beginning has been, you know, for kids teaching them how to code. That was that was the original idea and, you know, fell in love with that mission. So if you're a, a teacher looking for products, really pay attention to the company and how they talk about educators, how they respond to educators, not only through email, but through social media, um, and look to see what kind of resources they've already thought about for educators. Because there's a lot of stuff that's coming out on the market right now. Some of them are really great, but they don't have the support for teachers in place. And teachers are at, a, are at a spot now where they're being thrown into these STEM roles in some cases, and they they don't know what to spend their money on or to buy. And they look at the new shiny thing, but that new shiny thing doesn't always have the wraparound support that you need as a teacher. So to find companies, like I've mentioned, that do all of those things um, is really important during that vetting process. Definitely thinking about who they hire. Like, obviously, they prioritize teachers because your experience is so helpful. You were a teacher, and I'm sure you work with other people who were teachers and you have yeah. that perspective. So that's important. And especially thinking of the support, you guys have the International STEAM Summit coming up. Um, so tell us a bit more about that. I will be presenting <laughs> um, there. Yeah, about video and audio production in the STEMs or STEAM or STEM space. But tell us about that because um, I was really excited that you guys started these summits. They're really fun. <laughs> yeah. So again, the, this summit came back to the need for educators um, having a space during COVID. So like I said, COVID, we all know, happened in March. Um, and we were planning at that time to go to Q, which was canceled, and then ISTE, which had announced was canceled. And at the end of March, I, I you know I've done a lot of stuff with virtual presentations and building out virtual uh, meetings and summits, and we had and I had a platform that did that. So um, I said to the company, I said, "Listen, like we're at a point right now where teachers are at home; they don't know what to do because that transition from." Students getting devices, one-to-one -one devices had not happened yet during this March to April timeframe. And I said, I think I can reach out to our community of users, our ambassadors, my friends who are in the ed tech space. And I think I can pull together a virtual summit. And I said, but here's my criteria. One, it has to be completely free. I don't want any teachers paying for it. This is something that we should be giving back to the education community. And 
furthering the conversation of STEM education in the school space. So they agreed to that and they said, go ahead and build it out. And within less than three weeks, um, had a little over two weeks worth of sessions. That was when we were running this, the summit for like a long period of time. Oh, that's right. And they were all pretty much live at that point as well, too. So I was emceeing everything for two weeks straight in the evenings. It was a lot, but it was incredible. And we pulled it off. I mean, that first year, um, we had almost, I think it was almost 8,000 attendees from across the world joined because that was the only thing that was happening. Like there was nothing else. And (laughs) so we've done it. Every sea, well, every fall and every spring since. So we we've done it. We've learned a lot through the years. We've made um, sessions replayable all throughout the year. We have previously recorded sessions. We go live once a night. We've shortened it from the ten days that we were doing it to three days, but it's three days of very high quality content. Like Naomi has, you've done a bunch with us mm-hmm. over the years for these. Uh, and we thank you for you sh- sharing your expertise and knowledge in this space. It's just a lot of fun to one hear from new people. So this year we have Andrew Aravalo, who is going to be the closing keynote speaker. His uh, Twitter handle is at Game Boy Drew. Um, he is going to be a featured speaker at Q this year, and he's a new voice in this space. And I'm really excited to give him an opportunity to share his voice. This is his first keynote that he's doing, and we're so excited that we get to be the the ones to do that with. Um, we've had Kanta Simmons in the past, who is a former rocket scientist. We've had Kevin Honeycutt, who has done it in the past for us. I've done the closing keynote. I'm opening the, clo- uh, the opening keynote this year. So it's just a lot of fun. Uh, uh, three days. It's completely free. You can register at fall.internationalsteamsummit.com, and it's free, and it's available, and you get continuing education certificates for it for joining. So there's really no reason not to at this point. Oh, yeah. It's so great. And if people are like, I don't have time, just play it in your car like a podcast. Like that's yes. what I'll do sometimes. Like I'll just play it that way so I can catch up. So you don't have to just sit there. I mean, you can sit there if you want, but there's other options when you're walking your dog. Like that's a great way to, to engage. So um, definitely worth your time. And we'll link that totally in the show notes because I know yeah, everyone listening, go. You're listening to this. Go listen to the summits. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's fun. We have a good time. We do giveaways during the live sessions at night. We go live each night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, and then the rest of the day is all previously recorded and they release like on the hour. So even if you don't catch it while it's being released, it's available three minutes after it's gone live for you to watch it back at any point in time. That's so perfect. That's what us teachers need. We need that. <laughs> we need the replay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you have this summit coming up. Is there anything else you guys are coming out? I'm sure you're going to announce some stuff at the summit so you don't have to give away all the secrets, but anything you're allowed to talk about? So there, there will be some new capabilities coming soon for Dash that will unlock via software, which is actually really cool. So the Firmware team um, and our hardware team has done a lot around that, which is going to be something that um, will continue to have students learn the next steps after Blockly, I'll say. So it's like going to be able to do a lot more stuff, which is really cool. And then, of course, we have our Wonder League Robotics competition that missions officially go live uh, on November 3rd, the last day of our summit. 
And this year's theme is space exploration. So all of these missions are all about space and Dash trying to make his way through space. It's all story-based. Um, so if you're looking for a way to engage your, your kids with uh, competition um, and win prizes, uh, it's, it's a really fun couple of months of uh, missions that, the te- that your teams would go through and experience. So, so that's what I can share for now. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you'll have to catch the other stuff at the opening keynote, which, um, which we'll share some more details. Perfect. That's so good. And I highly recommend doing the Wonder League Robotics Competition. I've done that ever since I started teaching STEM. This is my fifth year in STEM. But yeah. definitely, it's a great after-school option. And everything is laid out so nicely. So I know it's a lot when you're teaching all day. You're like, I don't want to do a club. No, this is like the funnest club. <laughs> With I, coding, I agree. It, it's great. It's so much fun. And I love how it's all laid out. And it's different every year. And just another way to get those kids who are even like who are really, really interested in coding just to practice in a different way, but they're really have to collaborate too. There's a lot of collaboration, critical thinking, creativity. Um, So it's not a by yourself activity. It is a team thing and you can do competitions or not. You can or you can't. It's just definitely recommend doing that. If you're thinking about what should I do for my spring clubs or winter going into spring, definitely you should do that. Yeah. And at this point, we've had, we're going into year eight of the competition. So far over the years, we have had around almost 87,000 kids from 96 countries throughout the world participate. Whoa. 48% are girls that are a part of this competition, which we are the only competition for coding that's out there that has that almost equal number of 50-50. And there have been more girls that have won the competition over the years than the boys have. Oh, wow. I, I think that's extremely important because, you know, a lot of competitions are engineering based where you have to construct, build, solve, where there's a lot of creative storytelling, art design, you know, things that might interest other students beyond just the traditional computer science driven students to join this and be on a team because. Without those people that have that level of creativity, you won't be able to score as highly as you know teams that don't have that. So it really does encourage a wide variety of skill sets to become a part of it that other competitions typically don't involve. Oh, I agree. I had one girl when I did it. I actually did an all-girls team. <laughs> nice. Um, I did, but um, I had one girl who's super, super, super creative. And Um, She reminds me of the kind of person who should be working as a Disney Imagineer, just that level of creativity and designing the... I know you have a... He has a Mickey (laughs) Mouse in the background, but she just has that different way of thinking. I'm like, I'm going to tell you about this job. Doesn't mean you have to do it, but you you just have that thing. So it's just so cool like how the competition just brings it all together. And it's not just code this, code that. It's just more engaging and interactive and the themes each year are really fun. <laughs> yeah, and and we hear it's it's wonderful to hear year after year, you know, coaches have come back in the surveys and have said that, you know, even though they didn't make it to the next round, um they're proud of the work that they did. They're proud of the the community that they built through the competition, you know, getting kids together that may not typically have worked together previously. And that for them has been the win for the teachers, right? Because they're able to get them to learn these um, social skills that are, you know, 
that are so important that they understand and know how to communicate and collaborate and problem solve together as a team. And year after year, we hear the same things from those coaches that, you know, that was the best part of all of it. You know, aside from, you know, the chance to win a prize, um, for them, that is the, the, the piece. And then for the kids, they just get excited to be able to submit their video and be proud of something and, and show what they've just spent the last two months engineering and set designing. Um, and for them, that's the level of excitement of, you know, turning it in, um, Mm -hmm. knowing that they hit the deadline. So, um, so yeah, it's great. And I'm glad that you guys are going to be joining again too. Oh yeah, we will. I'm so excited about it. So with all of these amazing resources, is there anything else you want to share or can, how can people connect with you? Um, we'll definitely link everything. So it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, if you be sure to visit Wonder Workshop's website, makewonder.com. Um, we do have, uh, I mentioned Class Connect. Check it out. You can try it for free. We have free trial on there, uh, portal.makewonder.com. Um, so play with it. And then if you have any questions, you can reach out to me at brian at makewonder.com. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, L. Miller. Like I said, I love to connect with educators. Um, so if you have any questions, just reach out and I can point you in the right direction or connect you with other educators on our team who can answer additional questions for you. Perfect. Well, I know people will definitely be reaching out to you and joining and seeing you speak at the summit and joining my session. And Yes, join Naomi's session. Absolutely. <laughs> Not live, but it It'll make you feel like it's live. We'll have to get you on live for the next one, for sure. I will. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a day off and I'll go do it. It's in the evening. You don't have to worry. It's it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. There's so many goodies in this episode. And thank you so much. And perfect timing for the summit coming out this week. And um, I know everyone's going to be excited about everything that you shared. So thank you again. Thank you. It was a pleasure chatting and uh, good luck, everyone. I mean, it, this is this is such a fun space to be in. Enjoy every minute of it and learn from as many people as you can. Great words of wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, NaomiMeredith.com, to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.